With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Okay, welcome to the American Liberties Call. It is uh, Wednesday, the 11th of April, 2018. And, you know, there's a... I wanted to bring up, I sent out an email about this today, about the uh, willful blindness. And it was just uh, things that I'm doing that I came across this court case. And um, the, uh, and, and, and it has a lot to do with uh, what Dave and I have been doing. You know, I mean, you, you know, you, you're not collecting the tax. You're you're performing extortion, and when you go on the offense, it it changes the the character of what's going on with you. In most cases, you know, we we do help people from getting from the All that is is right there for you, 
and you have the case law, you have the statute, you have everything in law on how they're even to speak to you, if they're to speak to you at all. And, you know, I fall on Section 83 as the last resort because that shows how everybody in America, forget the jurisdictional issue for a while, forget that if you're a citizen of the United States or not. I don't, let's not get into that argument. Let's not get into the argument for the time being that the state as defined in 7701 is not the same state you live in. It's the District of Columbia. Let's forget about that. Let's just say that you're a ticket-paying, federal, tax-paying type guy, and that is, is, uh, is on, stamped on your forehead. Hey, I make federal income. Well, then, how does Section 83 apply in your determination that I have taxable income? And, and, um, and if they refuse to answer the question, that is in your favor. Down, coming down the line or whatever. So I think it's important to read that email I sent out about uh, uh, willful blindness. And, and, the, uh, and there was one other thing I wanted to um, think, like, you know, like Dave, I don't know, I haven't even sent this to Dave yet, but uh, when he talks about uh, intentional um uh, Oh, I can't think, man. Behavior, uh, uh, you know, did I intentionally, willfully avoid paying taxes? And there's in, in this one case here in in United States versus Jewel, J J E W E L L. It says true ignorance, no matter how unreasonable, cannot provide a basis for criminal liability when the statutes require knowledge. Now, who is lack of knowledge when you, like, for instance, you join the criminal complaint, you get that on record, you get an affidavit of joiner, and you send this to the IRS when they start writing letters to you. Will it prevent you from getting um, criminally indicted? Don't know. It hasn't worked 100% of the time, but it has worked most of the time. And, um, you know, and I would say it's worked nine out of ten times thus far. But, there, you know, there are a couple, that, and, I, and I submit to you that the, that the IRS is now testing you, whoever you may be, going to test you to see how you stand up on your feet. So with that being said, you know, it, it's, I think it is a, a benefit for everybody that if you have not joined the criminal complaint, if you have not gotten the material that is available to you at, at we, W-E, the letter V, gov.com, it is most important that you come to the calls, you read the materials, you get the flash drives, you get you get on with the criminal complaint because you know I'll, I'll send you the criminal complaint, you know, 
Um, I'm going to ask Dave. We ought to have that available to download. Uh, but you know, you can you read the criminal complaint. There's there's so many different sections to it. The memor the memorandum of law is like my second Bible. I read. I I got it right here on my desk. I go to it sometimes two or three times a day. Oh, by the way, I just want to say there's something going on with my computer. It's it's crashed on me three times already today, and it's and it's getting more frequent. So I might be off the air for a, a couple of days. It's either my motherboard or my video card or something. It's not withstand. It's not holding up. So uh, if all of a sudden we get disconnected, um, just hang in there, and I will try to get back on. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce. Dave Maryland. Dave, are you ready? Are you there? Hey, you never know, do you, Chris? Nope, never know. <clears throat> Welcome to the American Liberties Call, Wednesday, April 11th, 2018. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. And we're swimming in a boatload of it right now, I'll tell you. I'm working on the uh, reply for the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, other property, who's on the call right now, filed his uh, appeal out of U.S. Tax Court, Indiana. And he's now before the Seventh Circuit with his opening brief. The government filed its uh, own brief reflecting on his claims barely and incompetently and I'm concocting the uh, pulling down of those attorneys pants in a bee swarm on paper uh, as we speak and uh, there's some great news that comes from this you know section 83 explains how to tax the entire workforce but a regulation under Section 83, 1.83-4B2, says to figure your cost, you apply Section 1012 and the regulations there under. The government didn't even mention 1.83-4B2. Section 1012 or Regulation 1.1012-1A. The 1,012 basis is also known as the adjusted basis, according to Section 1011 and 1.1011-1A, a regulation thereunder. Uh, These are key points of the argument. Uh, That takes you to Section 1001 that tells you that the adjusted basis in 1011, which is the basis or the cost in 1012, must be restored to the taxpayer. What remains is the realized gain. That's the definition of income. Section 1001, gain or loss. And the cost must be restored to the taxpayer. In 1012, 1.1012-1A, the regulation says your cost is cash or other property. And it doesn't exclude property within which you have no basis. So the law says all property is a cost and the government, the executive branch says, no, we're, we're moving labor from the cost column into the profit column. 
the executive branch, it's stealing. It's not taxation. The executive branch demands the sums that you pay out of your paycheck, your independent contractor fees, tips, commissions, salaries, wages. It's because of the executive branch's demand. It is not because of the law. It's extortion and racketeering. We have it down to precisely that. They set their foot on appeal and don't even mention the key statute that starts in Section 83, but Section 83 requires that you apply 1,012. When I do that, I see that my cost is cash or other property. Leave me alone. And they can't even argue it. One level below the Supreme Court. They can't sign a case where Section 83 was even in evidence. They don't reflect on all the docket numbers that show tax court will penalize you for this argument. It's illegal in tax court. And they're arguing they didn't raise it in tax court, so they shouldn't be able to erase it now. Well, he reserved it in tax court and articulated a middle finger right up the nose of tax court over this policy of blocking people from review of the law. And tax court never came forward to correct him saying, oh, no, you can raise those issues. So it's been established. And I brought that out in this reply, saying he was insolent and intentionally confrontational. And tax court did not come out and say, you're wrong. So it's illegal in tax court, and you can't raise it now because you didn't break the law in tax court by raising it there. Spoken like a public servant. This is every prosecutor. Now, the next shoe to drop is the judge's shoe. Uh, Actually, three judges, the shoes to drop. A panel of three on appeal will decide that everything's fine. Take his money. And the government didn't even argue controlling provisions. The ones that they mentioned, they didn't get into the language of because it leads to 1.83-3G. The amount paid is the value of any money or property paid. On the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com, all of this is laid out on my YouTube channel as well, uh, free videos. I, uh, about a half an hour ago, well, bottom of the hour, Chris, I posted to YouTube a stray reminder that the call was going to occur. And it looks like we netted a few participants off of uh, YouTube. Thanks. Uh, Again, my name is David Merlin. None of this is legal advice. But we're up against the government with controlling provisions, up against the government's best tax attorneys. These controlling provisions and the arguments concerning them go back to 1993. The first quarter of 94, I was writing briefs and putting people into tax court. Self-taught. I'd look at other people's briefs about other issues. I'd say, okay, that's where the margins go. And then I'd I'd write about my issues. Because I had already written a curriculum and was teaching my findings. And then it led to litigation. And here we are, again, uh, five times to the Supreme Court by October of 98. And now, uh, Chris, the host of the call on the 11th Circuit out of Florida, and Karen in Seattle, 
on the Ninth Circuit both just petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court. Other property here on the call. He is, like I stated early on in the, the call, he's wrapping up his appeal with this filing I'm writing now. That's uh, about actually the only thing I have left to do is the table of authorities uh, and the caption. So uh, it's done. He'll be filing that tomorrow on the uh, Seventh Circuit. So he filed his opening brief, the government filed its brief, and he's filing this opposition to their reply. And done on the Seventh Circuit, uh, John Steele, the Kentucky litigant who countersued, he was sued by the DOJ to convert real estate that didn't even belong to him. <laughs> and uh, he countersued for clear explanation of these provisions, the same one that other properties arguing in uh, the Seventh Circuit. And they ruled you're not entitled to clear explanation. And we know because we're not stupid. We can see. We know that if the provisions I cite screwed us, they'd take them out and screw us with them. It's all those unavoidable truths that come from the language of those provisions on my YouTube channel. Go to the Key to the Code video and the Section 83A tutorial. Yes, they're long, but I wanted you to have all the necessary information. And I want to teach you something rather than just tell you something that I know. So Key to the Code, Section 83A tutorial on my YouTube channel. Go to wevgov.com, Federal Income Taxation page. There are the provisions right from the videos. It's the same two arguments. On my website, the first two-thirds of that page are about the fact citizens of the U.S. aren't even named in statute, just regulation as a subject to the tax code, and they've never been subject to Social Security. That's the first argument. How does the tax code apply to Americans? They wrote a regulation. You can't do that. 16th Amendment says Congress can lay and collect the tax. <clears throat> the bottom third of that page on the website is about uh, Section 83 and how all property is a cost under the law. They can't even talk about it. So all of us, we here on this call, we're, we've taken the next step. Since they can't even defend themselves against it, I'm going to keep accusing them of it. You violated Section 83 to tax my paycheck. There's another video I got to point to, and that's the uh, Just Video Number 7, Tax Code from the Ground Up on my YouTube channel, Just Video Number 7. The first 11 minutes of that video obliterates everybody else's curriculum or book that they wrote about the nature of the income tax or anybody from the movement, uh, even anybody from uh, that writes a tax guide for the tax accounting and uh, defense industry. <clears throat> Nobody teaches Section 83, and it's a game changer. <coughs> Pardon me. So if their feet aren't even on the path of knowledge, uh, why would you give them credit for having knowledge? They're practicing IRS temper tantrum. They're not practicing law. They're in business to keep the IRS 
from venting a temper tantrum to you. I don't give out individual video addresses because I want people to go to the uh, homepage of YouTube and find it themselves and see what else is there. Now, uh, they all they do is try to keep you out of trouble with the IRS. Well, the IRS is in charge of that. I want to see what Congress is in charge of. And uh, to do that, I look at the letter of the law. I found stuff. They can't even refute it. We're in the heat of battle right now with a bunch of people headed for the Supreme Court. Two of them have petitioned. No hiccups, uh, no pauses to say, I'm afraid I've soiled my underwear. No, we're going for it. Here we go. Uh, one man, one office, and this team of uh, willing participants. So here we go. Um, for South Carolina, uh, the other litigants, uh, you want to get in touch with Chris via one email and ask about discovery. There's a certain process we're about to uh, uh, come out with to fortify our records in ways that we know uh, seem to kind of make the government want to back off regarding criminal charges. And uh, that's always exciting. And there are a few people here that are advanced. Uh, Boggs 57 filed two lawsuits in South Carolina. They won't even let him file a lawsuit for clear explanation. <laughs> and so uh, here it comes. Uh, we aren't on a lawsuit, LT. <clears throat> there are no lawsuits. Um, so, uh, but you definitely want to see what we're going to come up with for discovery. Now, uh, it'll be another step of building the record. You'll never get an answer, but you'll get proof there is no answer. And it's a 21-pound stack of rice paper, the code and regs. So, uh, it's going to get a little more interesting, and it's gone to the highest levels. I'm pretty certain that the second, uh, the Seventh Circuit docket number was mentioned in the Supreme Court filings, saying you may as well hear it now because here it comes up through another guy's coming. <laughs> so, and uh, I informed the court they've never heard a case about Section 83, and it explains how to tax the entire workforce. And there's a great big controversy over it. That, that to me, is a, a great big juicy nightcrawler on a hook. I don't think they'll be able to resist. But uh, other property is on his way up, too. So here we go. And uh, it's, it's more interesting than anything I've done uh, for a long time. And that makes it fun. <clears throat> the fact we're on the offense, the fact we're up against the government's best tax attorneys, and all they can do is hem and haw about really, really stupid stuff. I'm going to read a couple of those from the uh, government's brief on the Seventh Circuit. Let's see. Here's how close they came to mentioning Section 83. 
uh, taxpayer owes self-employment tax. He's got a Chapter 2 Social Security controversy. Self-employment tax is Chapter 2 Social Security. The Self-Employment Contributions Act, codified at Chapter 2, Sections 1401, 1402, and 03, imposes a percentage tax on the annual self-employment income of every individual. That's correct. It says there is hereby imposed upon the self-employment income of, so it's an income tax. Self-employment income as defined is defined as the net earnings from self-employment derived by an individual during any taxable year. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's calculated under Section 83. Uh, it goes on, net earnings from self-employment is defined as gross income derived as an individual, that's correct, from any trade or business carried on by such individual, less the deductions allowed by this subtitle which are attributable to such trade or business. Correct, <clears throat> but they don't tell you gross income is calculated in Chapter 1. They don't tell you that. The self-employment tax provisions are broadly construed to favor treatment of income as earnings from self-employment, and they cite a case that didn't have Section 83 in it from 2016. Isn't that handy? Here, in the tax years at issue, taxpayer performed services in exchange for payments of non-employee compensation, correct? The commissioner characterized these payments as self-employment income. Well, how did Section 83 operate? In your conclusion, they were income. See how that kills it? And they ran right past it. Taxpayer does not dispute that he received these payments nor does he challenge their characterization as self-employment income. Wrong, liar. It's a direct challenge he's made under Section 83. They have to lie. They've had these since 1993, and they still have to lie. <clears throat> um, accordingly, as the tax court held, taxpayer was liable for self-employment tax as determined by the commissioner. What a crock. What a load of crap. See how they just ran, right? Didn't even mention Section 83. And they're talking about Chapter 2 tax. Well, I got news for you. And here it comes. One point, this is a regulation, 1.1401A. I want to get this right. <clears throat> I point this out in this brief, uh, this response brief. In addition, in as much as Mr. Indiana simply cannot by law be both the citizen in 1402B, Chapter 2 Social Security, and a citizen of the United States, it follows that Mr. Orth cannot be subject of both taxing schemes, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. Indeed, no statute instructs that Chapter 2, Section 1401 tax, be added to the tax imposed by Chapter 1. But a regulation does. Did you hear me? No statute says add Chapter 2 to Chapter 1. You can't be both citizens. They wrote a regulation that says add these two taxes together. 
26 CFR, I'm going to paste this much into the chat, dash 1A, here it comes, do not day, A, here. This regulation says, and it's not a statute, A, this tax shall be levied, assessed, and collected as part of the income tax imposed by subtitle A of the code and will be included with the tax imposed by section 1 or 3. How are you going to do that? I can't be the Chapter 2 citizen and the Chapter 1 citizen. He goes on to say, inasmuch as no individual can be both of these citizens, as defined by 26 CFR 1.1-1 and the statutes in the previous paragraph, 1.1401-1A is hereby challenged as a deviation from statute that never provides for this instruction that Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 taxes be imposed on the same individual's non-employee compensation. And then I quote the Rossello decision, 1983, Rossello versus U.S., where Congress includes particular language in one section of a statute but omits it in another section of the same act, it is generally presumed that Congress acts intentionally and purposely in the disparate inclusion or exclusion. Had Congress intended to restrict a particular statute, in this case, to an interest in an enterprise, it presumably would have done so expressly as it did in the immediately following subsection 2. In the latter case uh, of two they just cited, the court said uh, the latter of the two cases is a 1982 decision, uh, North Haven Board of Education versus Bell. The short answer is that Congress did not write the statute that way. We refrain, uh, we refrain from concluding here that the differing language in the two subsections has the same meaning in each. We would not presume to ascribe this difference to a simple mistake in draftsmanship, meaning it's congressional intent. It's not a mistake in draftsmanship. We're just the courts. Rossello also says, in a RICO case recently decided, this court observed, in determining the scope of a statute, we look first to its language. If the statutory language is unambiguous in the absence of a clearly expressed legislative intent to the contrary, that language must ordinarily be regarded as conclusive, citing a case they decided the previous year, 1981. <clears throat> so Congress intended to exclude citizens of the United States from Social Security. They specifically mention them in the definitions of citizen and say it's not a citizen of the United States. So Congress knows citizens of the U.S. exist. Congress knows that citizens of the possessions exist and they name them as a subject of Social Security. Okay, so they know citizens of the U.S. exist. They referenced them in other statutes excluding them. Do you have a statute that includes them as a subject of an income tax? Frivolous, meritless, penalize them, Your Honor. We can't talk about that. We're on appeals. Isn't that easy? Wasn't that easy? Frivolous, without merit. These, these tax protesters have been a thorn in the side of the judiciary for so many decades, Your Honor. And then they cite cases about non-resident alien argument and the rest of the garbage from the movement. 
that has nothing to do with anything, and they win. So you heard me earlier say, this is every prosecutor. Then they win. That means this is every judge, too. Don't forget that. Every judge is as corrupt as the day is long. Not one of them will get into the language of Section 83 and its regs. As sketched on wevgov.com and is in the videos on my YouTube channel, take from Caesar. It's everywhere. It's been there. They know about it. Everybody knows about it. They won't talk about it. If it screwed you, then take it out and screw you with it. On the call, on the chat, is L.T. Oates. Two or three years ago, the IRS shut down his criminal investigation because he joined my finding. I have a complaint filed with 80 members of Congress, New Year's of 06, and people can, if they feel, yeah, I've been deprived of Section 83, I want to go on record as a similarly situated witness. I hereby join that in that uh, congressional complaint of 06 and the inauguration day to the new president, to POTUS.com, I hereby join both of those complaints. I've been, uh, they're committing racketeering as complained of. That makes my complaints your complaints when you become a joinder. I hereby join that complaint as a similarly situated witness to crime, penalties of perjury with a notary and everything, and you join that complaint, get a hold of Chris if you're interested. Uh, we could probably do a few this month. And uh, it's very inexpensive, and we process the mailing to Congress and send you back a blue certificate of service, uh, original signature, so that you now have a record and you can reproduce my complaint or order copies of it at cost. That's Take from Caesar Volume 1. Uh, you'll get it at cost. We don't profit from ordering you 10 books at a time. They come directly to your door. And you use those as copies of the complaint you joined, include in the book a, uh affidavit of joinder and a cover letter saying, I've joined that complaint. I really want answers about Section 83. I think you're stealing. And when L.T. Utz did that, they shut down the criminal investigation of it. <clears throat> Chappie, the host of the call, is the subject of an interview on my YouTube channel. He went before a grand jury November or uh, uh, January of 07 and never heard back from the grand jury because he presented this posture and these findings. They're stealing, not me. And met him toe-to-toe -to -toe eagerly because he was on the offense. He can hear it in my tone. Now he can see it in the arguments. And he listened to the interview on my YouTube channel. It's one of my earlier videos, uh, Tax Grand Jury. And there's the horse's mouth. He uh, picked up my strategy, went before the grand jury, and just said, I'm glad to be here. I'll give you everything you want. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they're stealing. And, Your Honor, it looks like you're complicit. He says it, it was like he threw cold water on her. Right on. That's progress. And he was not indicted. Identically situated to plenty of other people I've seen indicted and imprisoned on tax charges. And he was not. So uh, you look at that and 
from 2006 till now, just over a dozen, maybe as many as 15 people that we know would have been indicted otherwise were not. And it's because I feel they went on the offense with these findings and said, you're stealing. You deprived me of Section 83 all along. You got Publication 17 from the IRS, Tax Guide for Individuals, and for 23 years right there in the in in Publication 17, they're telling you your cost includes your services. And then they argue your services are not your cost in court. When their most widely publicized publication says your services are your cost. So we got a boatload of laundry on them, and we're in court here and in court there, Supreme Court, appellate court, and uh, everywhere a court court. <laughs> and uh, they're, they run from these provisions. 1.83-4B2 requires Section 1012 to be applied. 1012 in its first regulation, 1011 in its first regulation, 1001 in its first regulation weren't even mentioned in the government's reply brief, and they've had the argument since 1993. That's progress. And we're about to open up a new avenue of discovery regarding this, I think is really going to turn on our, uh, I don't know, call them veterans, the people that have already been to court or have been hammering on this or have possibly uh, been threatened with criminal charges. You're going to want to get a hold of Chris, maybe wait till tomorrow for a uh, rundown on this discovery method. We'll probably have a conference call just for you, several people, and initiate a particular tactic that I think will, at the very least, get you a new pile of laundry against them that they won't want to face in any court action, you know, which is the first step you take. Just don't indict me. That's the first thing you want to do is to cover that base. Second base, go on the offense so that they can't offer a conversation about the law. And everything rolls downhill in your favor after that regarding what you can and can't say to them. They can't deny their stealing. They want to see you fewer times. <laughs> That's the next step. Make them eager to not contact you. If you mention income taxes to me, I can arrest you. You know I don't owe them. You're in a conspiracy with your boss against my rights to property. That's a federal felony. What were you thinking? They don't want to talk to that person. They might still use the mail to do whatever they do, and it's up to you to go to the sheriff and tell the sheriff, you either arrest them or call off the sale of my house or call off the lien or call off the levy. Or you tell me what door to bring them to, because I'm going to arrest them. Nobody denies they're committing felonies, so just show me which door to bring them to. And drag the sheriff into the situation. Go to the local FBI, the nearest office to you. What door do I bring them to? Because you won't do your job. Everybody knows they're stealing. They admit it. So I want to know what door to bring them to right now. Or you could make a phone call and get them to back the hell off, right? Or they can be arrested. Which one is it going to be? So this is on you. I'm not a leader. I don't have a vehicle for everybody to follow. I've got 
a couple of findings and a couple of filings that you can join, but the rest is up to you. And uh, I'd really like to see the uh, the several people that have been in litigation uh, conference with Chris and I about this next step because I think it's going to turn you on. Hey, Chris, it's 40 minutes on my voice. Uh, how about back to your voice? Right. Getting crashed. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, we'll schedule a call for like maybe Friday or something, or or uh, Saturday possibly. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good step in the right direction. Absolutely. And and like I said in the beginning, the more evidence that you have that you are a law-abiding citizen, and yet. They're keeping the law that protects you a secret. The you know you're putting the the light on them, and that's what you want to do. Now I want to say that you know uh, you heard me talk over the last <clears throat> several months about Noble Eight. Well, on the call today with the coach, he sounds very very excited that and it's gotten me you know even more excited that we're coming to uh <clears throat> a time that we're going to start paying our $25 you know one time out of pocket and from there on it's going to be history i can and and it's and it's something you've never ever seen before because many of us are going to become philanthropists, and 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 what a unique position to be in, uh, to be somebody that gives money to somebody to help to help other people, and <coughs> to make the world a better to make the world a better place. That's right, and to make not only the world but but this country, and it's going to support people like you to come together to help other people that are in the same position that everybody on this call is in. And, and you know, it's going to take money to get what we need done. And there's no better way to have people funding our cause and you funding your own cause to, to get that done. So stay tuned. Watch for your emails. I'm not going to, you know, you know, uh, people say, "Well, gee, Chris, you know, you're you're so involved in Noble Eight. How come you're not promoting it?" Well, it's hard to promote something that hasn't gotten started yet. You know, I look at it as you got your your promotional crew that puts out flyers and advertisements and all that. Then you have your stage crew that puts the stage together and gets all the lighting and you got your sound people and all that. And I'm talking about like having the Rolling Stones doing a concert. The Rolling Stones don't do their own promotions. They don't do their own, you know, lighting and and sound and everything like this. They got crews and people months beforehand doing that. Well, that's what's happening right now with the coach and the team, those guys, I gotta, I gotta really give them a, you know, a man hug to that. They've been doing this for so long. They're on the calls every single day, promoting and telling you what's coming. And and we got JD. It does the 
the building of the, uh, the, the people's attitude and so forth. I'm not that type of guy. I'm a hands-on guy. When, when the show is ready to start, that's when I come in. That's when I come in and start getting people like you to come in with me, and let's start rocking and rolling. And and so that's why to answer a lot of people's questions, you know, are you still in? Are you still supporting it? Every bit of it, every drop of blood that I have is an entrepreneurial blood, okay? And I, and I am an entrepreneur, and we're going to get this ball rolling, and we're going to get it funded, and and then you're going to see things happening. I just pray that we're not in war with Russia or something like that, but that's another story. And uh, so with that being said, does anybody have any questions, comments, or statements? If so, raise yeah, your Chris. hand. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what I wanted to say about Noble Eight, uh, the call Chris alluded to was this morning, and what has led up to that uh, is a bunch of delays that occurred, um, delays in the pro- projections of somebody at the top of the company that didn't understand the nature of computer programming and he thought it could be done a lot more quickly than is uh, than reality dictates and in the process he lost a lot of credibility with a lot of people and I don't think he would have said a few days like he said this morning on the call because his credibility has been burned by how long it's taken the programmers to automate the payment plan. So uh, I don't think he would put his neck in the noose again by saying, in a few days we should be able to take money. I think you have to really push him to say something that optimistic. And so it, it gave me a lot of optimism also to hear him say that. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, yeah, and that's a true statement. Okay, does anybody have any comments, statements, or uh, questions? Um, Hit star eight if you're on the phone. And if you're free to chat, go ahead and chat it in. I'm looking on the board, and I do not see any hands. There are, there are for anybody new on the call, there are materials available through wevgov.com. Wevgov.com. Uh, I have printed materials on thebookpatch.com. Courses for sale that come to you on a flash drive that uh, it puts you on the offense. The government lives in crime because we live in ignorance. When you cure some of that, you got great reasons everywhere to make sure public servants know you're on the watch. And uh, uh, I preach offense. I don't play defense. I'll play defense until they screw up, but I have tactics to go on the offense in ways that really visit pain, especially on municipal government. Um, if you go to the uh, um, YouTube page and take the tutorial, uh, it says uh, club criminals in office like baby seals, lady, uh, drive-by litigation. She got beat up by the government of California, lost her kids and the job to them, 
and then got my courses and went on the offense. Now she prowls the court for violation. <laughs> so uh, it's it's doable. There's a learning curve, but you get wonderful documents in those courses. So uh, and it's the best way to contribute to us, really. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the courses, and thank you for your support in advance. Take care, everybody. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming on the call. And... Um... <clears throat> And God bless America, and this call is now officially over. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.